welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi. I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the new Jesus. All right, our postulate for this week, the truth about the fear, love, continuum, okay? If you've been watching as much at all, then you've seen that those are sort of the root issues for everything, including uh, physical illness and disease, cancer, diabetes, uh, ALS that Dr. Ben had, neurological diseases that happen later in life, uh, even your immune system being suppressed to get viruses and bacteria and germs and, and all those sorts of things. The two root issues are fear and love. Love the positive, fear the negative, unless it's a life-threatening situation, and then fear is the positive because it saves your life. But outside of that, we should be on the love side and all the good stuff grows out of love, has a root of love. Joy, peace, patience, forgiveness, uh, identity, worth, everything good out of a root of love. Everything negative, unless it's an emergency situation, out of fear, sadness, depression, hopelessness, helplessness, anger, irritation, frustration, rejection, low self-worth, um, inferiority, superiority, all the negatives come out of fear, including illness and disease by suppressing our immune system through stress. Okay, so if we can get all the fear side stuff over to the love side, then we're good. And, we're, and, and life is probably going to keep getting better and better and better as long as we're doing that. Okay, so let's take a look at the continuum. And our continuum, which we've been using ever since the start of this, about a, month, about a year and a half ago, is on a minus 10 to plus 10 diagnostic line. Now, that could literally be hertz or wavelength or uh, anger. It could be overall in general your life happiness or unhappiness, or it could be one particular issue. 
like when I had acid reflux or Hope had depression or, or Dr. Ben had ALS or whatever. Now this is the bell curve, alright? And if you've gone past like 8th grade, actually today it's probably elementary school, but when I was in school it was more like 8th grade. So if you've gone past 8th grade, you've at least heard of the bell curve. And the bell curve is just a scientific method thing that says for just about anything you can name, illness, disease, or health, happiness, unhappy, a particular relationship, or overall happiness, or some DNA thing, or whatever, pretty much everything is on a bell curve continuum. And for most things that are common to man, there'll be um, about 80% that fall in the middle, 80% that fall to a positive or negative extreme on one side, depending on what the issue is. I, I'm sorry, about 5% that, that fall out here, or 10, and then 5 or 10% over on the opposite side, which is either negative or positive, depending on what the issue is and what we're talking about, okay? So, in general, 80% in the middle, and, and 10 to 20% on the two extreme ends of positive or negative. For instance, my wife Hope is what we call a one percenter in natural health, meaning she negatively responds to smells and sounds and even visual things that she sees that'll kind of whack her out before she can sort of catch herself, okay? And I don't really respond to anything like that, okay? But there's things that get me regularly that I have to guard against all the time that never happen to hope. Now, I'm not a one percenter. That, that, that's literally like one person in a thousand or even ten thousand. And those tend to be the people that have autoimmune issues, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, bad allergies, just sort of, they have a lower, that they're on the negative end of the bell curve as far as health goes. Now I'm probably not, when I started this, I think I was in the middle. I had some nagging health issues, but nothing like Hope's 1% stuff, okay? And I don't think I was over here either, although I think I might be over here now, uh, after many, many years, even decades, of doing daily healing work of all sorts of different types on myself. But all this is saying is kind of, where are you? Every problem is on the shock continuum. I mean, we talked about that. That, you know, if you were in a car wreck, after the wreck, the paramedics would come over and you might be sitting on the ground, let's say if you didn't really get physically injured, but if you were shocked, if you were traumatized by the car accident, you'd probably be sitting on the ground and the paramedics would come in and they would see probably immediately with almost like one glance that you're in shock, okay? Your eyes are kind of glazed over and dilated, but you're probably not saying anything or you're going crazy almost just like running around in circles screaming, one or the other, either one extreme or the other, all right? But if you're in shock, the paramedic will say, Alex, 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 can you hear me? My name is whatever. You have been in a car accident. 
you're okay. But the car was messed up. You're in shock. We're going to take care of you. They'll probably put a blanket on them, get them some water, and then get them to the ambulance probably, get some fluids in them, check them out, you know, that sort of thing. So, but you can be on the shock continuum without maybe officially qualifying for shock. And if you're on the continuum where maybe you're feeling it, it's affecting you, but you wouldn't officially qualify for shock, that can still have all kinds of negative repercussions in your life, like negative emotions, um, uh, negative thoughts, negative hormones, negative brain state. I mean, just all kinds of stuff that comes even when you're in the middle of something like that. And almost anything can qualify as a shock depending on the person. Yes, it could be the house burning down or the car wreck or some catastrophic thing. Uh, no, we all remember where we were on 9-11 when that thing happened. Uh, before that, several decades, people used to say they remembered where they were the day Kennedy was shot, all right? Well, that's because when, when something happens, it's either a shock or on that shock continuum somewhere, that memory is literally protected by your unconscious mind because it sees it as a big, big possible negative that might could even lead to your death or something worse. So it protects that memory from being changed because it serves as an early warning defense system against a similar thing happening again because our mind works by association, okay? So on just about any issue you could name, you would be somewhere from uh, out of the average negative to out of the average positive. And we want to get you from the negative to the positive. Okay. Um, this is an example, okay? Um, DSM-5 is the Bible for psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, therapists, life coaches. It's the Bible. It was the DSM-4 when I was in uh, graduate school. Now it's the 5. And for every diagnostic criteria, it's a four-step process, and you could put literally anything on that continuum. And here are the four steps. What are your symptoms? How often do those symptoms occur? How big are the recurring instances as compared to the original shock or trauma? And what are the effects or end results? How's it affecting your life? Okay, and, and, and this would be in a negative way because you're only looking for the negative. Positive is, we're not gonna try to fix the positive, okay? Just the negative, all right? So here's an example of that. And this is for um, anxiety disorder, generalized anxiety disorder in the DSM-5. So here's the definition from the DSM-5. Excessive anxiety and worry, you can say apprehension, negative expectation, you think ne something negative is going to happen, occurring more days than not for at least six months, okay? 
If that happens, then you qualify for general anxiety disorder, okay? Excessive anxiety and worry occurring more days than not for at least six months about a number of events or activities such as work, school, performance, and the person finds it difficult to control the worry. And that's the, that's the controlling sentence here. The person finds it difficult to control the worry. As opposed to, well, yeah, I worry every once in a while, I guess, but not really to the point that it's affecting my life. If it's not affecting your life, it probably doesn't qualify for the DSM-5, but it could still be on the continuum where it's causing you problems, all right? So that's, that's sort of our foundation. So this week, I want to deal with five of what I call digging deep, okay? And the five are whatever the problem is that's, that's troubling you the most in your life right now, that's the number one I would like you to put on the minus 10 to plus 10 diagnostic continuum for you. What is the biggest problem in your life? That's number one. Animal, vegetable, mineral. Physical, relational, work, doesn't matter. What's the biggest problem according to how bad it feels for you right now? Number two, do you have any brainwashing or cult type issues. Uh, and I've shared how I grew up in a religious home. Uh, church, school, and home were all this legalistic Christian based. And I really got the same thing from all three. I was kind of in a, in a cocoon with, with those. All right. And I realized as an adult in my 20s that I had been I would say culted that this was negatively affecting my life with worry, stress, I'm not good enough, I'm bad, I'm unforgiven, I'm not saved, I'm going to hell, you know, all that kind of stuff, okay? And I know it was a cult because when I started to come out of it, I had not terrors for six months, okay? Just like a person would who had been brainwashed and they're trying to deprogram them so they can live a normal life again. So do you have anything like that in your life? Anything where you're kind of on the extreme of an issue that maybe a lot of people would not agree with or say, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I think you've gone a little too far with that, okay? I think you've gone out of truth to falsehood, okay? Number three, the expectation continuum. This is Dr. Dan Gilbert from Harvard, his best-selling book, uh, Stumbling Into Happiness, wonderful book. And what they found, this is original research on the campus at Harvard, we've talked about it many times, expectations are a happiness killer. So what they found is if you have a life goal that is in the future, it spikes your stress, okay? You're trying to control something that's not completely under your control, and that creates stress, all right? So we need to give up those expectations. I say give them up to God, all right? That's your, the end result is your job, not mine. That's what we're talking about is end results here. 
uh, as opposed to faith, hope, trust, and belief. Okay? So, how much are you thinking into the future? And, and, and of the things you're working on, how many of them can you say, I'm okay if I do not get this desired end result? If you can't say that, if you can't say, I'm not okay, if God decides this is the best end result for me, even if it's not the one I want, then you're in expectation. All right? We are supposed to live in the present moment in love. Scripture, uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have enough worries of its own. And there's similar passages about not spending our life looking into the past except kind of to learn and grow from it. Okay? So, the biggest problem on a continuum, do you, do you have a brainwashing or cult issue or some issue that you're more extreme than the average person? Put that on the continuum. Let's at least check it out. The expectation continuum. Number four, the popsicle continuum. This is from a client of mine who called, said, I don't have a health issue. Mine is success and failure. 180 IQ, worked on Wall Street, but kept sabotaging her success. And it went back to a memory when she was five years old. And in the memory at five years old, nobody did anything wrong. It was with her mom and sister, but the sister did nothing wrong, the mom did nothing wrong, and my client did nothing wrong. But yet she had a trauma memory that in, that in her words had ruined her life. So here's what I would say on this one. Are you trying to live something in your life that you're not being successful at living with your willpower, but you're not sure why you're failing or what you could do different that would create success. And I would say there's a real high likelihood, probably 80 or 90%, that if you've got something that would conform to that definition, it's probably a popsicle memory which means nobody did anything wrong. It's not a real trauma. It's just that it happened at a time when you were a little kid and everything that happens goes to hard drive programming with, without any logic or reasoning. So basically, this can be a kid throwing a temper tantrum and they've got a trauma the rest of their life like they were abused or some horrible thing happened when no horrible thing did happen. It's just that a memory is being um, given much more weight than it should be given because of when it happened. At a time when you did not have the ability to logic, reason, and say, oh, yeah, well, that's not that big a deal. I mean, I can absolutely see why mom wants me to eat lunch before having my dessert rather than dessert before lunch, which was basically what happened to my client. And when we healed that memory, her problem went away and she went through the roof on Wall Street. So if you've got anything like that, something I want to change but I'm not being able to change it, I don't know why, it's probably a popsicle and we can fix that. But for now, put it on the diagnostic continuum line and start praying about it. 
Okay? And working on it with the spiritual things that we've been talking about. And then the last one is the ancestral continuum. So take a look at your ancestry. Maybe talk to your mom or dad or grandmom or granddad or brother or sister or whoever might know. Uh, go into the family Bible and start looking at your ancestry or whatever and just see if you had any ancestors that maybe had an anger problem and now you've got an anger problem. Or they were addicted to smoking and now you're addicted to um, sugar or caffeine, or pornography, or something, okay? Um, so check your ancestry, and we've given you forms to do that, where you just write the person in, and then anything you find out about them, positive or negative. So I would take a look at that, and see if you can find two or three negative things about your life that you also find somewhere in your ancestry with another person that maybe was passed down to you, sins of the fathers kind of thing. We'll put that on the continuum. Like, let's say if your grandfather had anger, okay, and you've got an anger issue, maybe put your grandfather's anger, as best you can tell, you may have to ask some people, they may remember, they may not remember, whatever. Uh, so if you know your grandfather on a minus 10 to plus 10 is like a minus 6, which would be pretty big anger, minus 10 would be the worst, then plot that. And then plot yours. Where's your anger? Is it a minus 6? Is it a minus 2? Is it a, a plus 1? Meaning it's, in, it's not that bad, but it, maybe it's still an issue for you. If it's a plus 1, you must not have any really bad issues, or that wouldn't be the worst one. But see if you have any ancestral tendencies that you now have and put that on the continuum and then start praying, working on those things to remove the fear and allow love to come and replace that fear place. And, and when you take a major issue, any of these, all of these could be major issues. When you take a major issue and it goes from that diagnostic line in the negative numbers to the diagnostic line in the positive numbers, let me tell you, that's just, that's just marks on a piece of paper, but in your life, it will be life-changing for the rest of your life. And that's, that's what we've seen as we've worked with people for 21 years. That's what the research and literature says. It's just the way it is, okay? So, I think this is a great way to start getting a picture of yourself, your life, your issues, what's good, what's not so good, taking inventory, and then work on uh, actively, have an intention and work on the negative to bring it up, and the positive to make it more and more positive. And of course, what we're wanting is for God to heal us, the Holy Spirit to do His work, oneness with Jesus, the mystery of the ages, etc. And if we are, if we get our spiritual self right, you know, we talked about this so many times, you, everyone's heard, uh, mind, body, spirit, all right? But that's wrong. It's spirit, number one, and then mind, body, okay? If you get the spiritual right, the mind and body will typically heal 
and often completely, if you work on and heal the body and the mind, you may have some temporary improvement, but until you heal the spiritual, which is the underlying of everything, you're not going to go up that diagnostic line very far. You may go up some, but you're not going to get to the place you want to get to, okay? So this is just a practical way to kind of put this down in a visual way and then start praying and working on it. And we've given you, set, we've given you several of those ways, not just this, but this is another one. So why do I give you more than one? Because one will resonate with one kind of person, one will resonate with another kind of person. All right, so use the one that works best for you. Try them all, just see how they go. All right, and next week, we have more to come. So we're doing the first five this week. Next week, we'll have more. All right, so analyze the results. Analyze each continuum issue on just sort of a prayer gut level response when you think about it. So think about it and then put it on the line. Although I would... This is uh, very simplified. I would make it minus 10 way over here, plus 10 way over here, and every one of them. Minus nine, minus eight, minus seven, minus six, and over here, plus one, plus two, all the way. And then plot them more exactly where they go, and then track them as you work on them as they hopefully get better, okay? So analyze each on a prayer gut, then, if you want to, this is optional, you can test for a hidden number with the Love Explosion Protocol that we talked about, oh, probably a month, six weeks ago. And that's a filling out little protocol you can do that breaks the problem apart, which makes it weaker and easy to heal. So if you want to do that, then after the gut level, do the hidden Love Explosion Protocol and plot that on there as well. And maybe one you do in one color or one in another color or one on you plot on the top, the other one on the bottom, whatever. Alright? At some point, if you get too far to the negative numbers, you'll feel like you don't have the choice to live in love. Another way to put it, you'll find that you can't stop whatever that is. We talked about anxiety and worry and the DSM-5. That would apply to that, but it could also apply to anything, okay? So, um, uh, once you get too far to the negative, that's almost brainwashing cult material. I, I would say probably about minus four or worse. You feel like, I can't stop. I, I, I've tried. It just doesn't work, all right? We can help with that, and, and we've been talking about how. And remember, almost any problem you can have can take years to develop into an actual issue, and we've had so many clients who say that interventions are not working, but when we look at the medical test, they are working. They just can't feel it yet. And that's what Dr. Ben used to say when we lectured together for four years, is you can have cancer, if you have cancer manifest, that may have started 10 years ago, and for nine years you don't know you have cancer. But you do. It's just not to the place that any test will pick it up yet. Okay? Um, 
And when we, again, when we did the medical testing, when we were finished, we would ask people, did you feel anything? About 50% did, about 50% didn't. The 50% that didn't, over 90% of them, the medical test showed they had had a dramatic effect. They just couldn't feel it yet. So keep working on it, and it will get to the point where you do feel it, and you do see change, and it does feel better and different and all of that, okay? And then here's kind of where I want to end. Why should you do this? What's the point? I mean, this is going to take a little effort, huh? Right? Yeah? And some of these doors you probably don't want to open because you've been making a lifestyle of keeping those doors locked that have traumas and negative things and sins and mistakes behind them. Well, I think Socrates had it right thousands of years ago. The unexamined life is not worth living. What AA says is if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. And what Einstein said, or whoever said it, I think it was Einstein, is um, it's the definition of insanity, to keep doing the same thing but expecting a different result. Well, how do you not do that? How do you do different things and get a different, better result? Well, the first step is you have to examine your own life and find what is true and what is in error and what is fear and what is positive and in love. And let me shift to, from fear to love, from falsehood to truth. And when you do that over time and right with God, those four steps we talked about to guaranteed success, it will, you will get to a place where you start feeling different and better. And typically, better and better and better. And it, and it affects everything. Mind, body, spirit, emotional issues, the source of health issues and illness, everything. Because the spiritual's the source of it all. Okay. Next week, we're gonna talk about also for the continuum. So we're going to talk about this probably three or four weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about your circumstances, your overall health and specific health issues, relationships, habits, and addictions. But that's next week. For this week, focus on the diagnostic line with those first five. And let's see what is the truth about you and let's get you from the negative fear side to the positive love side. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.